At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney+. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them, hey, sent you. Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. It's your host, Hayes, and I'm back this week. And right off the top, if you're not following us, make sure you're doing so at Awaken Soul Pod. You can also follow me personally if you do choose to do so at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. On today's episode, it's just me. No, I take that back. We actually do have a guest in the building. My good friend, Fane Black, is in the building where we'll be discussing fatherhood. Um, we both became fathers early on. He became a father again late in age. And so we just discuss just a good conversation between friends about things that they learned in this journey of parenthood and just some of our views on fatherhood as well. So you know, hopefully it's a good discussion. Before we get into that, we are going to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. In today's episode, we have two topics in the In the Mind of Hayes segment. So I can't wait to bring you guys those. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the intro music right after this. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, so we're in the show. No code open, no nothing like that. Well, I guess we already did that. Um, so today's episode, I got two topics for you. This first one that I want to talk about is just disgusting. So pa- Pastor Mike Todd, who a lot of people do like, and of all the social media pastors, I know it's more than just a social media pastor. That's just what I call them. Uh, he's one that I've I've tend to like the way that he speaks. Now, he used this thing where he wipes spit on people. Now, he did that to talk to highlight the disgust that people had on their faces and how it relates to when people ask or look at what God asked of them to be blessed. And that was, I believe, what the message behind it was. But with a lot of these things, right, and a lot of people use social media, it's all about the attention and head grabbing. So while I do find it was very disgusting, we don't put spit on anyone. There is no excuse for that. And I really do think this is why, you know, I don't talk about religion a lot on this podcast. For those who do know me and have listened to this for a while, you know that I used to be deacon uh, at my church. And so, like, I guess technically I'm still a deacon at my church. I just don't live in that city anymore. So don't attend that church, but nonetheless, um, but you know, this is why I think that it's more about for those that are religious, right? It's more about the, the study, the biblical study than pastors trying to like do things like this. And it's, it's, it's also a reason this is what I want to highlight. I don't want to make this about religion or not before a, a, a time that we live at the age that we live in where everybody questions the motives behind everything. We have so much access to information and, you know, especially when you do things that either trend or get on social media, um, it pushes people away from religion. And I've always said that while I am a religious person, right, 
Um, I'm more of a spiritual person, I say now, than a religious person. I understand why people are pushed away from organized religion because of things like this. Like the fact that you are a leader of people and you feel like you can use that to place your spit on them in any shape, form, or fashion. I don't give a damn what your message was. It's disgusting. And you're going to turn people off. And, you know, some people say, like, how you deliver the message is as important as the message itself. If you deliver a message covered in shit, people aren't going to care what's the shit, what's what the ship's wrapped around, because at the end of the day, you delivered it and you presented it as bullshit. And so while I'm, it's funny that I'm cursing while talking about religion, but hell, this is this is what I feel. And I'm going to be honest, like I always end with this podcast. This is what turns people off from organized religion. And the fact that you mix your saliva in anything and then rubbed it all over people's faces is bullshit. And this literally would have gotten your ass beat had you tried to do that shit to me. So with that being said, like I'm a Christian, I'm still being saved, right? My soul is not saved. I'm not perfect. But that would definitely be something that brings the hell in out of me. And then I have to kill somebody. So with that being said, I just wanted to bring it up because it was a viral thing. And it's like, it's just what 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 is wrong with people, right? What is wrong? And sometimes in this, the power does go to people's head and they get so focused on trying to gain the attention and the and the retweets and the likes and the reposts on the stories and TikTok that you do stupid shit. Period. You just do shit that is just shouldn't be done as a human. You should know better. So that's where I stand with that one. Let me know what you guys think, disagree, agree, whatever else it is with you guys already know where I sit with things like this. I have my opinion on it. I stated my opinion. Next topic during the end of mind of hey, something. And this is one that I really wanted to highlight because as you guys know, from if, if you especially if you've been following the podcast since the beginning, Kendrick Lamar is not only one of my favorite artists currently, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. And one of the things that he announced back in 2020 is this, uh, is this uh, PG Lang company that he started with Dave Free. Now, the way that it was presented when it was announced is that it's going to be a multifaceted company. It really didn't seem like, it seemed like they could go anywhere with it. And then, of course, Kendrick, in the last year or so, has announced that his next album will be the last album with TDE. So people, of course, thought, okay, well, he's going to clearly move on to his own company, produce music and things like that. But we get the first announced project from this PGL uh, PG Lane Company, um, and that's going to be they are actually producing a film with the creators of South Park, and this is going to be a a comedy film. But the the thing in the setting in this is really what stands out to me. This uh this this the setting of this movie. I guess I should say the story of this movie more than the setting. A uh, setting is a place, a location. With that being said, though, um, is a young black man who is uh, interning as a slave reenactor at a living history museum. And he discovers that his white girlfriend's ancestors used to own his ancestors. So that right there is a place for not only a, a that, that's a great setup for like a comedy type thing, especially supposed to be comedy, but also a story that has some heart, a story that makes you reflect, a story that makes you think. Some of the greatest comedies also have themes and very serious undertones that make you think and reflect back on things in society. So, you know, hats off to Kendrick for really stepping out starting this new project, producing this first film, because as someone who's made a film and worked on other films, that's huge, right? That's not anything to overtake. And I know the term producer in film can mean a lot of different things. Sometimes people get producer credits for literally making a couple calls. Some people get producers. The, the, the most important aspect, the true aspect of a producer is basically the person who, who uh, makes all the contracts, who pays for everything, who solidifies the permits and everything like that. So with that being said, this this gateway into his first film and it's also going to be produced. I'm sorry, uh, distributed by Paramount Pictures. That's nothing to 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 turn your nose up at. 
this is a huge thing. And especially when we get an artist, a true creative like Kendrick Lamar, who, who we all said before, it's not just about music with, with Kendrick. Kendrick is a true creative and the fact that he has he's going to have many creative outlets i'm really excited to see what he does with this first film especially like i said the backing behind paramount the fact that it already has distribution for paramount and the creators of south park right the creators in south park who've been in this industry for a long time and really their names being on anything could almost get any project produced at this point especially with paramount so having them behind it is going to be huge and even uh the uh, CEO of Paramount made a statement on this, and this says, on behalf of Paramount Pictures and the wider uh, Viacom CBS family, we look forward to ushering in the first theatrical co collaboration from these creative visionaries and galvanizing audience world round around a powerful storytelling experience. Listen, this is huge. And what I'll say with this is that we all know, especially like I said, as someone who does, who has directed their own films, right? It's important to have outlets that are black. Right. It's important to have people that look like you that are producing stories about people who look like you. And so with that being said, the fact that, that you have a big company behind Paramount like it, but more importantly, like I said, this is going to it's shaping up to be right. A powerful, powerful film, even though it's labeled as a comedy. And I, it's going to be interesting to see, like once the first trailer drops and things like that, our cast is announced how big and how this continues to bloom, because this is something that's not only, like I said, huge for right now. This is something that is huge for can be huge for the culture overall. And that's not anything to really turn, like I said, turn your nose up at or forget or overlook. This can be a very powerful first step in us getting an, a, another outlet for black stories to be told. And we know that it's, it's the hot thing right now, right? We get so many of our, of our stories told. And the thing that I also want to point out about this is that it feels good that it's not another black suffering. Yes, you hear you have the slave part of it and him finding out that his girlfriend's owners used to have them. So there's a portion of that, but it's not focused. It doesn't seem like on the the, the suffering of black people um, and, and, and the historic and true suffering with black people, especially having that comedic take on it. I can't wait to really see what he does with this film. I can't wait to see what, what Kendrick Lamar does with this company. And, you know, his next album, everybody knows I'm excited about. I can't wait to see all of these things. And like I said, it, it continues to just be important that we have outlets for our stories to be told. And that's something that for so long we didn't know. We had people in power who were trying to tell these stories who didn't experience it, right? Who didn't, who didn't live in the culture, who aren't of the culture. So now us having that, us having so many, so many avenues, so many black creatives, so many black directors, black producers, and we still need more, right? The, the percentage of it is still extremely low. But with that being said, the fact that we have that and we're having more and more being built, it's just a beautiful thing, a beautiful time to be involved and, and, and just be happy that we have stewards who are going to make sure that our stories are told correctly with the right hand, with the right creatives. And I just can't wait to see how this continues to be done. Um, and the fact that somebody like Kendrick Lamar, somebody who I've supported their whole career from start to finish is doing this just makes this even more important for somebody like me. Let me know what you guys think. I love to hear from you guys. What do you think about this film? What do you think about this company? How do you think Kendrick continues to shape it now that we're starting to get a better idea of what this PG Lane company is going to be? It's really going to be a, a multifaceted thing where it's music, visuals. Uh, we'll see if he starts taking on and like maybe representing some artists as well. It's just going to be great to see how this thing continues to blossom. And I couldn't be happier for somebody that I have watched their whole entire career and watched them develop not only as a person, but as a man. So that's it for the end of the mind of Hayes segment today. Those are the things that are on my mind. Those are the things that have been burning, everything like that. 
Go ahead, guys. Make sure you uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're about to take a brief break and play some music. On the other side of that is going to be me and my friend, Fame Black, who's getting back into podcasting, talking about fatherhood. A good, just laid back conversation. I didn't want to hit you guys over the top of the head with something deep like I did last week. So I can't wait to bring this to you guys. Let me know what you feel about it. I'll catch you after this. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. I got my boy Fame Black is in the building, and this time we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, and that's fatherhood. We, you, a, you don't get fathers very, speaking very openly about fatherhood very often. Sometimes it's just more of a like I'm a proud that's that's my little man or that's my daughter type shit. We're going to try to get a little bit deeper than that. And one of the things that brought this whole topics in my mind is that Fame recently had a new child. And I, I wanted did. to talk about what it's like parenting after 30. And then what are some of the things that you learned from, because we both were fairly young when we first became fathers. What's changed from yeah. now to redoing it? I'm sorry, from then to redoing it now. Uh, let's say, I mean, so, some of the big changes is like uh, a sense of familiarity. I mean, whether or not you have a baby at 17, like I did. Oh, there's a doggy in there. Uh, I was like, what the hell? What is that moving no. behind you? <laughs> Big black dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hayes, watch out. No, um, <laughs> one of the, the familiar, familiarity, if you have a baby at 17, um, even no, no matter what your background, even if you're like a babysitter, you're still not as 100% comfortable with babies in all situations. Whereas opposed to now I'm, I'm sitting on the other side of 30, I'm 32. And it's like, um, I've seen enough people's children besides my own to be like, oh, this child, is, this child is choking. I know how to, you know, I, I know how to stop that. Oh, this child is running around. I know how to stop that. You know, it's, it, it, having a baby at 30 is just a level of like, oh, this is just like a thing that everybody knows how to do by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if that works for first time parents at 30, but that's how <laughs> I I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, it's it's for me. So I had my oldest when I was 19 and then my youngest was born when I was 20 seven almost 28 um and even from that time period looking at it it's like you you really do like the things that used to worry you you kind of like you said you don't worry about it anymore you just you just go yeah. in fatherhood mode and you you learn how to nurture like i said before uh on, on on one of the shows is that my oldest xavier that me and him are so close because i was so young me and him have like a father-son relationship but also like a brotherly relationship me and my youngest yeah. son don't have that. We have a friendship too, but it's it's more of a of a traditional father son type relationship. Just because I'm older now, um, some yeah. of the things that I had to stumble with with my older son, like I was terrible, and I'm still not the best at it. But like when my son would do something that was bad but funny, I'm like la- I used to laugh when I when my first son was born. Now yeah. I still laugh, and I'm like, all right, listen. You want you don't you don't need to do that shit. Um, so those those type of things, of course. But then I think also you're more sure of yourself too, right? At at the, I would imagine at thirty than you were at seventeen. Like you know who you are as a man now, and you and you you're more comfortable in that. I'm so I'm sure that's made it a little bit easier for you too. I mean, I think about I think about what the what it might be like on my child. Like mm-hmm. at seventeen. I didn't know this about myself, but I was, uh, yeah, I was, I wasn't the greatest dude. I mean, we're not developed at that age, but like, really, like I had bad views about 
I have had bad views about the poor. I had bad views about um, the disabled. I had bad views. Of, I had homophobia. I had transphobia. Like, mm-hmm. I was not this guy for sure. And it took a long time to get there. And, um, you know, I, I was afraid as I started to learn and grow and evolve, I was afraid that I had left my bad habits with my oldest child because that was who I was raising at the time. Because, like you said, we are so close in age that I feel like, a sibling to this person and like I have yeah. to the only way that I got through parenting uh my oldest was like hey you gotta level with me I'm yeah level with, like yeah so I had to sit down and be like level with me kid help me help you I know you think that all adults in this world are you know they know everything and they know everything to do and I'm gonna tell you and this might be world shattering they don't and now we have to work together in order to get to me raising you especially in my case because my oldest comes from a difficult mother, a mother so difficult that I had to get full custody. Uh, so we don't know where she is anymore. And that's for good. That's for the better. And it, I did that. I didn't know about we I didn't know about no, that. Part. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. And you know, let, let's if you feel comfortable, let's let's talk about yeah. not, not about not about the mother or whatever, but just about like what that's like, because you often hear about mothers who have to parent um, because the father isn't there. What what is that like ha- having the sole custody um, of your daughter and your oldest? Well, I think it would be, I think it would feel better on the inside if the reason why I have it wasn't so terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to you know, I feel comfortable. I'm not. There's nothing that I'm hiding from this situation. Uh, my oldest's mom was abusive, and mm-hmm. the abuse spread from not only her but her boyfriend to my child. Okay. Uh, so that was an environment that there was no excuses. I had to get her out of there. The judge and child protective services agreed. Um, that being said, it is 100% completely different to have my child around all the time. Also, <laughs> there's something, there's something, there's something about to be said about the feeling of, I don't have to run this by anybody. If me and my child want to move to the UK that's completely my decision and my child to be okay with it. So like not have, I don't know, oh, we have to run this by your mother and hopefully get everything like that doesn't exist anymore. And that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And so I understand why some people are like, I don't need no stepfathers. I don't need no stepmothers. I have my kids and that's what it is. I understand. Like, I, I get that concept. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 um, when there's nothing to go back and forth on and you and your kid can just level. And now my kid is old. My kid's 13 and cooking their own noodles and writing their own stories and cussing and don't think I know about it. And just all types of stuff that just the kids are doing. And it's just great to be like, yeah, now you're around all the time. I don't have to split you up with anybody. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How how how's the transition been for her going from that type of situation a more stable situation did you find like it took her a while to kind of get used to it because i'm sure there's like a some type of ptsd there for having to see that oh, for sure yeah for sure yeah we had to you know we were assigned uh from cps we were assigned like family counseling i had a bit of therapy for a little bit um my child's getting in therapy uh still to this day you know from now although i i would suggest that every teenager have a therapist i think that's just being a teenager is hard and it's hard for no reason. And people make it harder. I think that every teenager needs a therapist. Uh, but the, yeah, the transition was, is, is different for on both of us because 
to be honest, like while we connect in a way because I keep it very real with my kid and I keep it very real with uh, I keep very honest about what's going on and how I live my life and what I care about and what's important to me and how what what they can do to make me proud of them. Um, you know, they're very aware that Papa's a rolling stone, you know, but they're very aware <laughs> like Papa's been, you know, traveling, Papa's been in music, rock star, all this other stuff. And so it was a it was a transition for them to be like, oh, no, I'm here and I'll be your boring dad and I'll have this apron and I'll grill out food and you'll come over and we'll have, you know, that kind of stuff going on. And I can be this domestic person that you don't know me as because we never had the time. That makes sense. That makes sense. What's been the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in your 13 years of being a father? <laughs> uh well you know what it makes it made me look at it made me grow up it made me look at things differently it made me look like all right well this might be fine for me but what's going to be the result for my kids and how is this you know can can i if i open this career path can i also open it for my kids or can this would this be acceptable to tell my kids or show share with my kids or how i feel about that or how would i approach this situation if i'm telling this story would my kid be ashamed for a, for a bad reason, not like, oh, dad is cringy, but like, oh, dad's a bad person. You know, like that, those kind of things affect how you behave. And um, at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Also, learning how to deliver a baby impromptu at home by yourself, uh, that is also an amazing thing I learned because if I didn't learn it, I wouldn't have as many kids as I have. Wait, what? Did I not tell you this? Bro, you have not told me no, none of this. <laughs> My most recent baby I had in the bathroom by accident, impromptu. And I delivered this baby, not on the phone with 911, but just immediately. And uh, yeah, I, I did well, I like to think. Didn't hit the head on the toilet. Well, shouts out to the motherfucking father of the damn decade, bro. That's That's... <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I that ain't nothing to fucking I take. Leave it in there. I've told the story on ridiculous, random. I told the story on Kenny's dad cast. I swore, I, I swore, I had you on the info that I delivered the baby myself. That's crazy, bro. I had no idea, none, none at Wait, all. So let me let me let me give you a quick a quick breakdown. It was just the simply the fact that we weren't going to go to the hospital because COVID was running rampant. So we just decided to go to the birthing center. Uh, because you can because you go home the same day and the only people that's in there is pregnant ladies. Mm -hmm. So you figure, um, you know, I will just get in and get out. But you have to be in active labor. You have to be dilating, which she wasn't. And she didn't until it was far too late. And so delivered the baby at home in the bathroom, in the toilet of all places. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Fun, fun. It wasn't scary at all. I didn't have any PT PTSD. <laughs> well, shit, I would, bro, because, like, seeing the afterbirth to me was still the scare one of the most disgusting sights I've ever seen in my life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that didn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. 
what bothers me, like I'm not, I'm a blood and guts, just whatever. Even real life blood and guts is whatever. Just the I like how scary it was in the moment. Um, I was never able to get over. Uh, once like they went to the hospital and we found out that everything was fine, everything like that. When I came back and I walked in the bathroom, I still had like a whole episode. Like, cause there was still blood on the, <laughs> on the seats and everything, but it was just because of what had happened in there. I had a whole flashback. It was bad. It was bad for a minute. What was, what's been, what? I, I, tied, I tied up that cord. I got it cut. You know, I get, I wrapped her up. I gave it to the mom and the mom started feeding. And I was like, I did it. And see, and, that, and that's, a, that's a bond you, that most people never have with their child and the story you'll be able to tell your child. Like that shit's crazy, bro. I thought I was telling, I thought like I had the good story because my oldest came out face up, which normally babies don't do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, look at this demon child coming up face up, sp- spitting blood. <laughs> and then my second child comes and is like, no, 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 I got a better story for that, dad. <laughs> that shit's crazy, bro. That's wild. So I'm, I'll probably, uh, my third one, I'll probably deliver skydiving. That's probably. <laughs> or on the airplane, at least. Oh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Man, you what's, know, you what, gotta top. I gotta top the last one. <laughs> what's one of your biggest oops moments as a father? And I'll share mine. This is I, I. I think you know this. I think I've told you guys. I don't know if I've ever said it on air. So when oh, my when my oldest, he was he was only probably like two years old, maybe three. <laughs> I was having a margarita. It was just me and him. I had a margarita. <laughs> I was drinking a margarita. I set the margarita down on the table. I went to go pee. I came back. The margarita was gone. <laughs> gone. Like, he took that motherfucker to the head. And I looked at him. And keep in mind, new father, I'm nervous as shit. I called my mom on the phone because uh, his mom at the time uh, was, was I think she was at work. And I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, this is what happened. She said, listen, we used to put whiskey. So you're only on like 21, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we used to put whiskey on y'all gums all the time. It's fine. He'll probably sleep, get the best sleep of his life. Don't worry about it. So he, he fell asleep probably about 10, 10, 15 minutes later. And the whole night, I'm just looking at him to make sure he doesn't Waiting stop breathing. Waiting to see if anything's going to happen. Exactly. His mom came home from work, and she was like, damn, he's sleep already? Because she got home from work at like 7.38. She was like, he's sleep already? I'm like, yeah, he's out. I don't, I've never told her this story. She did, does not know that this ever happened because I was terrified to tell her. But that's my oops <laughs> moment as a father. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hold on. I am... If I am anything good at remembering passwords, um, I can show you my oops moment. Because what I did, what I did was I was trying to let the TV watch my child for a minute, which you shouldn't do. Uh, I was trying to let the TV watch my child for a minute. The child had to be between between two and three, maybe around the same time that you're talking about. And um, let's see if I can pull it up here. Ah shit! Nah, two authentication password. Fucking never mind. I just tell the story. Um, <laughs> they're too secure, dog. I don't care who wants to get in my Facebook. There's nothing private in there. Uh, anyway, so for some reason, I don't, I don't know why it was on the bed. In fact, I, if you had asked me, I would have told you it wasn't on the bed. But where else would a baby get it from? My baby's on the bed watching Sesame Street. I'm cooking a grilled cheese because uh, that's what my baby likes. I'm cooking a grilled cheese in the other room. I'm, I'm just a room away, so I do have an ear on the situation. But I don't have an eye on the situation. When I come in the room with the grilled cheese, my child is covered from face to the bottom of the body in body butter. <laughs> just, just, I mean, I wish I could, I wish I had like a, a nanny cam or something to see what, 
Cause she must have just dove in like a pie, dog. Like when you get pied by Nickelodeon, just boom. Cause it is all over her face. And it's just everywhere. And I just came in and I'm just like, oh my God, this is a whole wreck. And yeah, man, it's, it's an oops moment. That's, that's my mom, uh wow. like to top that though, my mom fell down the steps holding my daughter. And my mom actually broke her rib doing so. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was all. Obviously, that was a long time ago. But yeah, that was that was crazy. I walked into both of them like at the bottom of the steps, like crying. Like it was, it was bad news. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, what's some advice we can give young fathers out there, man? Um, honestly, or my favorite advice for fathers, right? Like one, treat treat your kid. Don't don't uh treat your kid how as, as if they are a person because they are, but treat your kid like like someone you're trying to like a plant you're trying to grow. You understand? Mm-hmm. You can't make it get big leaves. You can't make it change colors. You can't tell it which way to be. You can put it in the sun. You can give it water. You can give it light and plant food or whatever, but it's gonna grow the way it's gonna grow. You can't make you got to learn that about yourself. That's it's, it's not about parenting is not making your kid smart or charismatic or brave or go, person that goes to school. That's not parenting. Those that's orders. Yeah. Parenting is making sure this person understands how to interact with other people, what is expected of them, what's it, what they can expect from other people. Most of your job as a parent, I feel, is teaching your children about how to set the boundaries of other people who don't love them as much as you do. You're, you're, you love your child, so you, you're going to do what's best for them, even if that means a little discipline or whatever like that. Nobody else in the world has your child's best interest at heart like you do. So, But instead of using that for power and, and evil, and you, some people use that for control, use that as a way to be like, Hey, let me guide you through this. However you turn out, this is how you're going to deal with the people that don't love you as much. Yeah. You know, it's important. That is important. We got a guide. Especially in the black community, we do a lot of, like, control of children. Like, 18, and you pay rent, and you get out. Like, there's so much. I mean, that's a small example. We have so much control. There's a whole... Did you... Have you talked about this? I mean, we can show the whole thing about... Is are you is your son gay if you get him a kitchen set? Oh man, listen, I didn't talk about that bullshit because that shit is so fucking <laughs> dumb. Like I saw that shit and I was like, you know what? I'm not even finna dive into this shit because that shit's so fucking stupid. When mo- more chefs, there are more male chefs than than women chefs in the world. Like that shit is stupid to me. And it's almost like it's almost like wrestling. When you're a woman in the kitchen, they make you a man. Like it's they like you're one of the highest compliments in the kitchen, and this is sexist as hell. Please believe me, I understand women. This is sexist as hell, but one of the highest compliments in the kitchen for a woman is you cook like a man. Same thing with wrestling, you wrestle like a man. That's one of the highest compliments because that's a male dominated world. And they're saying your boy is gay if you get a kid. Like, where does this shit come from? <laughs> control. We got to stop. We can't control our children. We have to raise and guide our children. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. And uh, yeah, people get so caught up. They project their own insecurities and and preconceived things on their children, and then that carries forward. And then like we don't grow that way. Like like that that shit is the stupidest shit in the world to me. And then they'll be surprised when they have grown men who can't cook or wash their own clothes and have to depend on a woman to do so. And then they'll be getting talked shit about that way. Like let like 
People are just stupid, man. Like, that's just what I've realized. People are literally just stupid. <laughs> I mean, you just, yeah, you just got, you, you'll have too much control. Like, we should know better as, as black people what control, what too much control will do to a person. Mm, that's a fact. That's a fact. Good point there, bro. Very good point there. And fatherhood is fatherhood is important. Like father, like you know, there's a we all know that there's a oh a media war against black fathers and for, for fatherhood in general, right? Mm-hmm. And then black fathers specifically, right? It's like take a minute of your time here. When you imagine any show that we loved from the '90s and shit, any show, how is the dad portrayed? Some fat, lazy, normally stupid. Trying to get rich quick, hated bonding with his kids. Oh, I gotta be with the kids. Fuck this shit. Uh, and it's a lot of like, it's a lot of that. And then as you advance, we started doing, we started having this media thing of black kids don't have fathers. And then mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, that's a funny, uh, funny stereotype joke, funny in quotation marks. Um, that you know, the black kids don't have fathers. Your kid, your dad ran away. Blah blah blah. Dad went out for a pack of smokes, never came back. Like, first of all, white people were doing that back. First of all, people been people been doing that to each other forever. It's just think about that. It's just been people that just don't want to be fathers, and it wasn't as important. But let's just talk about that 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. Motherfuckers would leave their wife and children, move nine miles away, start a whole new life and a whole new family. That was white people because black people wasn't allowed to own two houses. Yeah. So let's, let's let's be real about the shit. So this whole idea of black and so my conc- in conclusion, like fatherhood gets a bad rap, and we fatherhood is so important in the sense of two heads are better than one. E- even if your parents are apart, when you have two people putting an input into raising you, you have more options to turn out better. Even if you're a piece of shit dad, even if you're a piece of shit person. You show up at the soccer game, and that kid will always remember my dad was at my soccer games, though, because there's a lot of dads that ain't at the soccer game. So fatherhood gets a bad rap, but it's very important. So, like, I don't know. Start calling your missing kids. I, I, I got to call mine. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just, that's, just the, that's just the long and thick of it. Fatherhood is important, so even if it's hard to do, you should do it. Even if it's a woman you don't want to be with and she's crazy, you should just do do how little you can figure out how to get in without getting her involved. And I know sometimes it's difficult and I know sometimes you got to take them to court and take full custody. And, mm-hmm. but you know, it, every, anything is possible. And you know, like I said, it's important. So you should try harder. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing that I want to point out as like, uh, some words of advice to fathers, anything like that is it's okay. Yeah. Whatever it is being those, those moments of self doubt is this too shall pass. Like you're going to grow into it. Nobody gives you a handbook to be a father. And even if they did give you a handbook that just applies to their kids, every kid is different. Every kid needs to be parented in a different way. Every kid responds to things in a different way. So it's a learning experience for you. Um, and that's okay. Sometimes like people feel like they, if they don't have it right away that they're failing, listen, the biggest growth moments moments come in at failing. Sometimes there are going to be times where you fail. There are going to be times where you make a mistake. But once you make it past all of that, right, that story, that's your kids seeing that is just as important as anything else. And if you allow that humility and everything to come through your relationship with the kids is going to be so much stronger at the end of it than, than if you were just this perfect person that they can't relate to. 
Yeah, I would say, you know, be more honest with your kids. I mean, I understand that some parents like that idea of, like, my kid thinks I'm Superman. But it's like, all right, well, Superman has kryptonite sometimes. And that's an important piece of it, too, is that Superman can be weakened to the strength of a normal person. And what will he do then? Will he still do the right thing? And that's on you. That is a fact. That is a fact. Oh, I found it. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to send it to you so we can get your reaction here. I'm going to send it to your Instagram. This is, this is my oops moment. <laughs> I'm just looking at it now. <laughs> I fucked that up so bad. I'm waiting for it to load now. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is hilarious. <laughs> she got, that is hilarious. You see, that's she got cute. it everywhere. That shit is. Yeah, that's funny. That is funny. The kids will do some crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. So quickly, too. I mean, how long does it take to make a grilled cheese? Four minutes? Come on. It's like me. Come when on. you go take a piss, I came back. My son took a whole margarita to the head. Like, that shit's crazy, man. <laughs> Hey, 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 if anything, bro, that just proves you make a smooth margarita because I didn't like the taste of alcohol as a kid. That would have stopped me. So if it was smooth like that to keep drinking it, it must have been good. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. But, Fame, I appreciate the time as always, man. Go give him your social media, man. Let's get up out of here. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. I'm working my way back into the social life. I'm a. You know, to be honest with you, I'm going to give it a real honest shot in 2022 at being a celebrity. So with that being said, listening audience, you can follow me at Instagram, Fame Black, uh, Instagram, Fame Black. Right. Write that down because I do fame. I'll be doing Fame Black TV almost every day talking about something, doing some sort of list, giving you my thoughts, X, Y, Z, random stuff. Then you can join the TikTok at Fame Black, because there's already 30,000 people there, 30,000 friends for you to mingle with that already follow me on TikTok. And um, I'm going to be doing fun stuff on there, telling stories, going live, getting donations. And speaking of donations going live, I will also be on Twitch at twitch.tv dot slash Fame Black TV. So my Twitch is Fame Black TV. So there's a lot of Fame Black, Fame Black, Fame Black TV. And on Twitch, I'll be going live, playing video games, telling stories, very fun stuff. I play in Dark Souls. I don't know if you ever played Dark Souls. Hey, that shit is hard. But I'm, about to, <laughs> but I'm about to beat that shit. I'm about to have that shit down. I got it. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be quite a year of media and entertainment for Fame Black Productions uh, and the Fame Black Enterprise in general. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. A lot of fun stuff is coming. I'm, I'm Christmas albums and specials and events and I, all types of shit i got planned that are really about to be in execution so yeah fame black is the place to be right now there you go shout out go follow him y'all go and support fame black the motherfucker is hilarious um you need to, you 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 really need a sketch tv show at some point if sketch tv shows did well besides saturday night live i would have been had one but they don't have a good shelf life <laughs> that is that is true do your do your Chappelle Chappelle show away. get your two seasons Chappelle and get the fuck up out of yeah, <laughs> and then he was gone for fifteen years. For fifteen I don't years, that. for fifteen years, he's still getting those Supreme Show checks though. But yeah, fifteen years, he he pieced the fuck out. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't think. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where I want to take where I want to take. I just want to. This is the year to get the get the base together. You know, really, you know, go and get the merch printed out because I got a lot of. You know, you you already know personally. I got tons of merch ideas. 
So it's actually about getting it printed out and actually doing the stuff. You know, doing the work, doing the legwork. Now I have more time and room. The baby can walk and talk now, so she's about to get a job. So I can. <laughs> you putting the baby to work, to bro? Hmm? You putting the baby to work? Yeah, you know, I, I I got a you know tiny hands can stitch the hoodies, can stitch fame black on the hoodies real quick. So you know, child <laughs> working, child labor. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Well, all right, Fame, man. That's another episode from us, man. Y'all can you can catch Fame Black. I'm probably gonna ask you to come back because I want to really have an in depth conversation about the career of Kanye West, and I figure who better to have that with than than oh, Fame Black. Yeah, bring yeah, bring me on for that. So, I love that. I yeah. didn't didn't we have another musical prompt that we were gonna do? We do. We have we, we have another one we're gonna do, but that's for the breaks radio. But I want to have more of a okay of a analytical conversation about Kanye West because. Kanye West is really giving some of the best music of a decade. Like, yeah, he's crazy as shit, and I think people forget that. But I most really artists to... are, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, and I don't mean artists like artists like most rappers are. Like, not only does he give you real like great artists of time, Leonardo da Vinci type shit. Like Kanye is even, and the the most annoying part about that shit is that he says that he is. Like everybody mm-hmm. else doesn't. Like Leonardo da Vinci didn't be like, oh, fucking Leonardo da Vinci. But you know over what though? A good a good comp for Kanye West, honestly, and people are gonna think I'm batshit crazy for this. Is Beethoven? Oh, I like that. Yeah, because like he that. absolutely yeah, was the one who was like, "No, nah, fuck that. Was, yeah, I'm better than all Beethoven. you motherfuckers." Like, <laughs> yes, for sure. so yeah, no, it's it's not anything new. I think that Kanye is a great work of art. He's may not mentally there. He may not be a role model, but I think as an as a person who makes art and controversy of people and culture, that dude's amazing, and I love to have that conversation with him. Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head there too. Is that maybe that's why people they people look for these celebrities to be role models when they shouldn't be role models to your own goddamn kids. Stop looking for these celebrities to be that shit. Yeah, I don't want my I don't want my child to be like any of these celebrities, boy or girl. None of these motherfuckers. They crazy as shit. That's <laughs> the only you can only be that kind of crazy when you got money. That's a fact. That's a fact. Not even then, sometimes, for a lot of them. They find out the hard way. We'll definitely get into all that, man. But, Fame, thank you again for another great episode, man. Thank you. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Breaks Breaks Media. Media.